Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, guys? It is time for another episode of Reggie's Expressions, and I'm excited to do it. We're going to be expanding on the topic in terms of therapy, in terms of exploring trauma and all the things that I've been talking about the last few weeks, because I feel like it's an important conversation, especially in the black community when it comes to therapy and just self-help, self-care and all those things. What you guys are listening to right now in the background is actually one of my favorite songs um, by Drake off of the Headlines album, or I'm sorry, Take Care album, Headlines is the name of the song. But what I like about this song is it gets me in that mindset of getting up and going. Like I'm about to kick some ass and take some names. And that's what I feel like I'm gonna do with this episode. Thank you for everybody going out and listening. Um, it seems like the listens have been going up every week, and I appreciate that. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, share, like, comment, and all of those things, because it really, really, really does help me get to that next step. I want this to become a household thing. You know what I'm saying? I want people to be able to use this as a tool to maybe get the help that they need themselves. Because a lot of us are hurting right now. 2020 is evident of that. In the beginning of 2021, sounds like it might be that way too. So we're going to get right into it. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. You guys stay right here as we take on another topic of, okay, you said therapy, but now what? Be right back. Yo. We are in season three, season three, y'all. Season three of Reggie's Expressions. I'm so excited. Um, it has been a learning experience and I've had so much fun doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's, I've learned so much, I've read so much, but I will have to say this app, Anchor, that I use made it the most easy and consuming for me to understand. Let me tell you guys a little about it. It's more than just the uh, commercial that I do at the beginning and you hear Carlos go mm, in the background. It really is an application that allows you to 
record on the fly. You can also have people call in and, and actually do interviews over it. You can add music. It is the simplest platform to use. And they also do a very good job of hosting your podcast in other places. My podcast exists in Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and that's just to name a few. So if you're interested in actually making this happen without all the extra bells and whistles and having to do this and do that, download Anchor today and start with your podcasting journey and make it as easy as possible. And we're back. Ridge's expressions beginning, as I said earlier in the uh, in the intro. There, we are going to talk about. Yeah, you said therapy, and now what? Um, I know it's very different to talk about it and say things, but a lot of us, in a lot of ways, if you're a lot like me, what's in it for me? What's what happens once I come to the realization of? of, of you know, doing therapy. And I can assure you that that is probably one of the most frightening decisions you'll ever make in your life. Um, and why it's difficult is you have to admit that you don't have control in some ways. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm a little bit of a control freak, so I remember feeling that way initially when I decided that I didn't have control over it. But once I got into therapy, I realized that, you know, that was really not the case. And there are many questions that probably pop up in people's heads, you know, over the course of the episodes that I've done, you know, coming up to the idea of doing, you know, therapy. For me, Therapy is the processing of life. There's so much stuff that goes on day to day. I mean, a month ago, we had uh, uh, insurrection that happened, you know? Um, we had uh, domestic terrorists that were, you know, trying to, to steal the election, you know? All the stuff that we went through with Trump, you know? The election, the, the voting, the the back and forth, you know, the reckoning of America and how they treat black people. There's been a lot to process and not including our own personal things. I stated this in the last episode, you know, our devices are wired to where we consume these things on a pretty consistent basis, often, you know? I mean, we have things on our phones now, but we have to go in and put a time limit on how much we spend on Facebook or, or whatever to just have some type of normalcy in our lives because smartphones leaves us open to always being on and it's hard to regulate how you feel. So to me, having that outlet of therapy allows you to process things. You know, you'll be having a conversation with your friend and, you know, they'll say something that was supposed to be funny and you realize that you're triggered in some way and, you know, they, you take it offensively and you know, they were just having fun and you're trying to figure out why and all this other stuff is because 
we are just meant to just take the information, this 24 hour uh, news cycle and just take it and we don't have a way to process it. And that's what therapy to me is, the processing of life, whether it be, you know, happy things, whether it be sad things. I mean, there have been things that have happened to me, you know, in therapy that, you know, that happened in between time of me going to therapy and I'm like, oh, I wish I had a therapy appointment so I can talk about it, you know? Um, because even with happy things happening, especially if it's, you know, the impossible, the unbelievable, yeah, you need somebody uh, from outside to help you process what's going on because, you know, you could definitely miss some things. So it's, it's, it's allowing you to be able to process what's going on, you know? Um, my therapy sessions typically are an hour. Um, and this brings me to the next question you guys probably are asking. Like, okay, now that I got an appointment, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Good question. Whatever it is you feel that you want to talk about. If you want to talk about childhood, you can. If you want to talk about, you know, sister girl at work. If you want to talk about how... You know, niggas got you fucked up, like Amanda Seals say. You know, you'll be able to do all of that. Um, and there's no hose bar, you know. Um, my therapist knows a lot. Because there's no pretense. There's no judgment. You guys, I am so sorry about my dogs. I really apologize. Give me a moment. Try to be professional over here. Come on. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. <clears throat> There's nothing um, off limits. You know, people think that you have to talk about childhood because that's kind of where your traumas come from and that's where it all started. Yeah, that has some impact on how you uh, handle relationships and situations, agreed. But if that's not your particular situation or you're not angry about that or whatever, feel free to start where you feel to start. Start typically, um, you know, at the thing that felt, you got, that got you to that point of actually making a decision. That's probably gonna be the best thing to do. Um, <clears throat> sometimes my conversations with my therapist are, are about mundane things, you know, um, or at least in my eyes, mundane things. Um, but most of it has been, <clears throat> you know, the journey at work. I've, you know, I, being a black man in uh, corporate America, um, having all these microaggressions just pop up and and not, you know, being given the, the, you know, the grace to be able to process what it is and, you know, corrections are expected to be made, you know, being a gay man um, in America or, you know, in a gay man in Florida, you know, let alone a fat gay man, you know, um, being from the South, you know, talking about my specific relationship with uh, religion. Um, it's a multitude of things that we talk about. And uh, you really, it, I know sometimes there are some things that we all have in our lives that we wish to forget. 
we never want to talk about them. We never want to, you know, them to see the light of day. But that really, you know, that deepest, darkest secret that you're keeping from everybody, you know, could really be the catalyst behind your growth. Um, just recently, this was maybe a couple years ago. You guys know that my mom passed uh, February. But a couple years ago, I had been in and out of therapy and, you know, for a number of years at this point. And, um, you know, I, would have, I was having these conversations um, about just my mental health and all this, this and that and what got me into, uh, you know, doing it as frequently. Because I was doing it almost every other week, every week at one point, um, you know, because that's what my therapist and I felt was best. And it took a lot of, of, you know, soul searching for me to get to the point. But we got in a conversation with my mother. And as I stated before, my mom's, um, she's mentally ill or was mentally ill. because She's up with God now, right now. I don't, any of that is an ailment of hers. And, um, you know, just crossing that as a kid. And one of the things that me and my therapist were able to find out was I carried some fear of becoming my mother into my adult life. I also carry in, you know, the lack of having a mother, um, you know, and applied that to female relationships that I had. And I know you're like, Reggie, how, how, the, how, the, how the hell did you get dead out of there? Like, I was just talking and it just came up. No, as I was saying, a lot of, a lot of the stuff really just comes up casually. It's not, you know, it's not like there's a structure. We just talk about things. And then he puts it together and say, well, this is a thing for you. But we were having a conversation about my mom and number one, how I feared that I was going to turn into her, that eventually one day, you know, I would be crazy. And I'm, you know, Carlos, I remember, you know, and I'm, I'm going to go into that side story here in a little bit because I really feel it's important to to show you what kind of person Carlos was or is. But, um, you know, um, I used to say to Carlos, with this, you're gonna take care of me, right? In my mind, I'm thinking for that day that I decide, not decide, or that day I actually came into the mental illness because I saw this anxiety and this anxiousness a part of the mental illness, um, you know, kind of uh, starting to surface. And uh, I used to say to him, you're going to take care of me, right? In the sense that when I come, when I'm incapacitated by this mental illness, like, I'm going to need you. And my therapist was like, you know, you do realize that, you know, you've passed the point of a psychotic break. You know, that typically happens between the ages of, you know, 20, 21, like your early 20s. So, you know, it's probably safe to say that that's not going to happen. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I continued going. And I was like, wait, what? Say that again? And he said it again. And I was like, I remember feeling this instant relief. Like, wow. Like this burden had come um, away from me. Because I was able to put it together that, you know, going crazy, you know, I've, I've reached that. I've, I've passed that by a number of years, you know. And I just have to really focus on my anxiety, 
you know, focus on maintaining and figuring out what my triggers were. And, um, you know, also another poignant thing was, you know, we were conversing and, you know, we talked about female relationships in my life and, you know, um, how I've had many mothers and, you know, over the period of time. And it was a conundrum for me because even though my mom was alive, my mom had not been my mother since I was eight years old. So, you know, physically my mother was still here, but growing up as a child, I didn't have that nurturing that I would have gotten from my mother had she been, you know, uh, not mentally ill and, or maybe, maybe, you know, medicated or treated like she was supposed to be treated and not, you know, uh, hit to the sideline, there would have been a little bit more nurturing there and concern and care because my mom and I were very close. You know, I told you guys stories about sitting on my mom's lap, you know, in a, uh, exploring traumas episode. And yeah, it was, you know, we had a great relationship and it was almost like it ended at eight. I mean, it did end because I didn't experience my mom as a mom since then, you know. And those were things that I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have put two and two together had I not had that experience of therapy, you know. I could have just easily let that wash over me and continue to, you know, um, pit anger or, you know, be upset when, you know, women would, you know, lie to me or, you know, mistreat me or whatever. And I would take it a lot harder or, you know, uh, the situation with, you know, uh, going crazy, I probably would have continued to went on, you know, thinking that, and that probably wouldn't have been, not probably, it wouldn't have been conducive to my mindset, you know, as, as, um, as it could have been. So, and that was just through casual conversation and my therapist actually having the notes and being able to say, hey, this is something that is reoccurring. Why do you think that is? And I remember leaving that session like, Wow, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was floored, you know? And I remember telling Carlos about it. Um, and he was like, wow, that's great. So sidebar here, I'm gonna tell you about the story. Um, and I'm gonna be completely transparent. Y'all know how I am, so I'm not leaving no stone unturned. But this was 2014. This was like the first year of my relationship with Carlos. You know, I was doing some inappropriate things with the ex of mine. I'm not going to say their names, um, but I was doing, you know, some inappropriate texting um, with a uh, ex of mine. And uh, we went to Albany on Christmas and we drove back. That was the first time he had ever met my family. And um, <clears throat> that night we decided to, when we got back home, we went to uh, TGI Fridays on uh, Kirkman and we ate there number one of so many freaking people uh, number two I started to have a panic attack and um, I know what my triggers are now I didn't know what they were then but I instantly went into one and I wasn't able to control myself and it's out in public which is rare and I had one of my episodes where my breathing was off and I felt like I was in a state of like, you know, you know, panic and I was gonna faint 
or whatever, you know, the flight or flight feeling that you get. And uh, we're sitting at the table, I'm trying to eat, and I leave my phone on the table. And I know you're like, oh man, what? You left it on the table? I did. I left it on the table, and he went through and saw the messages uh, that I had been messaging back and forth. Anyway, you know, he completely, like, you know, as he should, you know, got really angry and started to cry and wanted to leave and felt sick and all these other things. And um, I felt bad. But at that point, I'm in anxious mode, panic mode. I'm on the 10 already. And then I have this that's happening. I'm embarrassed by it. And I started to have an episode I had never had before where I was, you know, putting my hands on my face and I'm like, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. Like, it was really manifesting itself in this in this way that I had never seen before. And Carlos knew I had panic attacks before. He tried to understand it. But he didn't know the severity of it. He didn't understand it, you know. He had, he had never seen it like that before. And... That night, I think, was the night that he made the decision that he was going to stick with me. You know, we were only six months in at that point. And if it had been anybody else, they'd have been like, this motherfucker crazy. What the fuck is going on? I don't understand this shit. This motherfucker talking about damn anxiety. What the fuck does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Rightfully so. And, uh, you know, anyway, I saw him go into nurture mode and... I saw him going to really saying, you know, we're going to fix this. We're going to take care of it. Don't think that Carlos let my ass slide with that bullshit either. He did not. Trust me. All right. Um, but obviously, relationships have their ups and downs. That's for another episode. Actually, go back season two because I think I talk about it. Um, but yeah, you know, that was, I think that was the day I fell in love with him and I knew that he was going to be somebody I needed to keep because of how he nurtured me in that time of manic state for myself and also did his best to try to understand it. You know, it was that was completely beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I love that man with all my heart. And uh, there I have more stories like that that shows me the kind of person that he is. And I, I'm a... I feel like I picked the right one, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that was the sidebar conversation. Let's go back into it. So, um, you know, when I was thinking yesterday about how I was going to tackle this topic, I wanted to, I wrote down some questions, um, and then I'm going to answer those questions, um, and then you know, kind of dig and see how it goes. Okay, so um, give me a second. I'm texting somebody real quick. <laughs> Alright, cool. So, here's some of the questions that I had, um, you know, that I think people will probably have now, you know, they've kind of opened themselves up to the idea. Um, I already answered the question, you know, in terms of uh, I've gotten to the idea of therapy, now what? I mean, the, the next step is finding someone that matches you, uh, even yoked in terms of, you know, understanding you and making you feel comfortable. Um, I have stated a few times that, you know, sometimes you, you have to search just like anything else to make sure 
that you're getting the right person to understand you. You know, we don't have to choose this therapist because they're the closest to us. We have many different outlets, especially with, um, you know, and I'm not getting paid to, to talk about this, but Talkspace I think is amazing because, you know, you can literally have 24 hour access to your therapist. And, um, you know, it's really cheap and expensive, you know, and also virtual if you're not interested in going into an office, which I don't think too many uh, therapists are doing now. Um, because all of mine since the pandemic has all been virtual. So, um, but Talkspace is pretty good. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's really just taking the journey to find out uh, who, um, you know, who you want to tell your story to and go from there, you know. Um, let your intuition be your guide, you know. Be in check with how you feel. Make sure you're acknowledging when you feel, you know, uh, strongly about something and this person is telling you that you shouldn't feel this way, make sure you, you do an inventory of that because that is going to make a difference to whether you're going to be receptive to the process, you know, and if you got somebody you don't like, that's just going to make it that much harder to, uh, you know, to come up with the idea to do it. So, and give yourself some time, you know, say, hey, I'm going to check out three therapists, you know, don't let them know. And, you know, just kind of talk to each one of them and then make your pick, you know, just never go back to the other ones and, you know, make your pick. So, <coughs> so there's that. Now, the next thing is sometimes bringing up bad stuff can seem harmful. Yeah. There have been times that I've left my therapy appointment and been like, oh, man, that's kind of heavy. Like, that was a tough one. Yeah, that's happened. Um... But you understand that, you know, through the rain comes the sun, you know, um, which means there's, 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 you know, goodness coming from the other side, you know, you just have to be patient. Yeah, all the stuff ain't going to be peachy keen. It is going to be hard. You're going to have that moment where you think about that time where somebody did something to you and it changed your, your perspective and, you know, you're looking at it with your adult eyes and, <clears throat> you know, have some reckonings with yourself, um, you know, and you are also going to have to help hold yourself accountable too. You know, you're you're not going to be able to, especially if you decide you want to take this process wholeheartedly. You you're not going to be able to decide that hey, I'm going to cherry pick certain things. You need to be all or nothing because what's going to happen is you're going to continue to go to therapy and realize that nothing's changing, and that's the worst thing that you can do. But yeah, there are harmful things that come out. And there are some things that happen where you might need two sessions. And you be the judge of that, you know. And it's up to you to make sure that you bring it back up if you feel some type of way about something. Because that means it's probably impactful. It probably had an effect on your life. And it's something that you need to explore. So, you know, there are going to be harmful things. And, you know, it ain't the worst. Will I ever stop going? I think of that question myself. I have been in therapy since 2014, probably consistently since about 2016, maybe off and on through 14 and 15. And yeah, I, I, I do think that at one point I will wanna stop. 
but you know, you really have to kind of do a temperature check for yourself, you know, like right now with everything that's going on, I don't see it being something I would want to explore because there's a lot of stuff and I want to make sure that I'm the best I can be and I need to have that outlet to be able to let some of this stuff go, you know, um, it's not fair for me to just rely on Carlos and my friends to help me through the, the bind because they have their own stuff they got to deal with too, you know? So, yes, but it's kind of like what I said with medicine. You have to wean yourself off of it. You can't just stop going cold turkey. Um, you just have to talk to your therapist about, you know, maybe, you know, infrequently coming and figuring out maybe once a month, once every other week or whatever. Whatever works for you, right? Um, what do we talk about? What do I talk about? I gave you guys a little bit of a discussion in terms of some of the things that I brought up, you know, that were impactful to me. I mean, but I, I talk about a lot of stuff, you know. The last time I had a um, therapy session with my uh, psychiatrist, which is the medicine aspect of uh, psychology, um, I had a whole, the, the damn um, insurrection that just happened. And I was angry, you know. And, uh, you know, it was good to, to offload that. So it, it can be about the co-worker that pissed you off that took your cell or the you know the the person that you know um uh cut you off in traffic you know it could be about your dog biting you and how you don't understand <laughs> uh why he hates you that yeah i know that was very specific because it was kobe kobe's ass was an evil dog he needed therapy damn it um But yeah, should everyone do therapy? Yes. But there's different forms of therapy, right? You got cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I go through. Um, there's another one called... Um, I should have been prepared. EMDR. What is EMDR? EMDR. EMDR. Let's. That I was thinking of EMDR because it has something to do with your eyes. Um. And it, you know, it's it's it, you know, deals with uh, post-traumatic stress in a different way because cognitive um, uh, behavioral might not necessarily be the best for everybody. So. Um. Basically, researchers have discovered that our minds can heal from physical, physiological traumas as our physical bodies recover from sicknesses or injuries. While EMDR is effective for people experiencing PTSD, it also works well with people who show um, low self-esteem, feelings of powerlessness, but it doesn't talk about what E. Eye movement desensitization. Like that one was, that one was trippy to me. Um, uh, okay, eye movement and desensitization and reprocessing. Um, it is a form of therapy developed by Francine Shapiro in 1988 
in which the person being treated is recalled, uh, is asked to recall distressful images. And then the, par uh, the therapist directs the patient in one type of bilateral uh, stimulation, such as side to side, eye moving, moving or uh, hand tapping. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know anything about it, but that is a form of therapy. And you really have to go and, and check out and see what works best for you. You know, I mean, <coughs> art therapy may be one of them. You know, uh, fitness could be a form, form of, of, of therapy in, in, in some instances. But all, the, all these things are tools to help you continue the path of wellness. And it's an ongoing path. You know, it's just like when they talk about fitness and, you know, how you, it's a lifestyle change. It's the same thing. I have let go of my lifestyle change when it comes to fitness. I'm pretty round right about now, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, is you have to figure out what fits best for you. You got to keep that mental, you know, uh, wellness in check. And you can't do it by skipping out on that stuff. And you just have to go and figure out what therapy works for you. Uh, CBT works for me because I like to talk, as I said. Hence the podcast, right? I got to express myself, okay? But, yes, there are many different forms. You just have to find what works best for you. Um, I think I answered the next question. What type of therapy are there? Um, and then lastly, the stigma of therapy in the black community. I'm loving the conversation, especially it being championed by, you know, Taraji P. Henson, which to me, I feel like is a, you know, down home, you know, approachable girl. To hear her talk about therapy and, you know, her splitting up with her uh, significant other, her um, fiance, because she wasn't changing even though they were going to therapy. And, uh, you know, shout out to her, you know, for championing that duty and putting that on her shoulder as a conversation piece, because it is important. You know, I mean, we were slaves at one point, you know, and then there were Jim Crow laws, right? You know, our parents were able to survive all of that, but we are the living and walking um, effects of that. We are inheriting those things, black people, I mean, you know, from, you know, and it's acting out in ways and how we, you know, conduct ourselves, how we handle business, you know, how we treat our children, you know, um, the perceived aggressiveness, you know, sometimes, um, you know, and we have to find ways to deal with that, you know, um, and sometimes my people, we have a tendency to, you know, pray it away, just give to God, you know, but what they say, faith without work is dead. So you can't go up there and leave it on his hands and expect him to, to change your world. That's not realistic. That ain't, that ain't it. It never has been. And we have to get over what everybody else thinks, you know, because we all know that there's Facebook life and what it is on behind the scenes. We be going up there taking them pictures, being like, hey, this my boo. Uh, Man Crush Monday, oh my God, Carlos, you are looking so pretty. I love you, boo. But then when we get home, this motherfucker right here, oh my God, another argument, you know? And you gotta be open and honest with yourself. I ain't saying that you gotta tell everybody on Facebook what's going on, but what you should do is understand that 
there's a little bit of disarray in everybody's life. And, you know, we're not perfect. We're not perfect at all. And we never will be. And, you know, going to therapy doesn't mean that you're in a mental state of unworthiness or mental state of, of un, you know, you're unwilling to be helped. Like you, you know, people look at therapy as a last resort. It isn't. It should be your first resort. At least that's what I think. It's not the last resort, you know. Um, but as I was stating about the different types of therapy, um, you have to find what which one works for you, you know. Um, I said last episode, my dad talked about me being sick. You know, red is sick, red is sick. You know, or red's crazy. Red going through some stuff. But in reality, I was having a mental health crisis. You know, I really was. And um, he had never experienced that before because my dad, again, is 70 years old. They used to just grin and bear it. Men will be men. We don't cry. We don't show weakness in this way. What the fuck you talking about, anxiety? What does that mean? Even though he might have felt ways or felt, you know, times where he didn't feel that he was adequate enough. And, you know, his thoughts were racing 110 miles a minute and he didn't understand or he got really nervous about things. He didn't know what that was. He didn't have the language to understand that. So I could see why our old heads would be on that. But us young kids, you know, us young folks, you know, 30 and below, it's an option for you to, to get to feeling better. It, it takes time, but it's an option for you to be able to feel better, you know? And, um, yeah, it is ups and downs every, every side of the way. But I think I'm starting to see, you know, black folks be more open to the idea of therapy. I remember my sister, um, you know, coming to me and said, thank you because you got me to the idea of uh, doing therapy. I, I don't know how many sessions she went to, but, you know, it was good to hear. Um, and, uh, yeah. But the one thing about therapy, if you ever stop going, you'll realize you'll backslide into those things and have those feelings. That might not be right away. You know, you'll do like I did with the medicine. I was at a really high up. I was like, oh, yes, whatever. No, I had, I had wrongly identified a moment of happiness and thought that that was going to be for a long time, you know? So I guess all I'm trying to say is there's many different ways to come at a problem. You just, just have to find the right way for you to be able to take it on. A lot of people are going to tell you things and, you know, discourage the process because it didn't work for them. And don't allow that to happen. You know, one thing I will say about us black people is we can be very judgmental sometimes. You know, that is defense mechanism, especially if it's something that we ain't aware of or something we don't know nothing about or something our preacher didn't tell us, you know. And that's that's definitely something that, um, you know, a stigma we have. But I do feel like it's getting better. I do feel like we are getting to the point where, you know, we're allowing ourselves and, and, and showing ourselves that it's okay for us to, to, to feel happy and, and to feel 
you know, greatness and feel, you know, anything other than angry. You know, we're more than that. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I talked about a lot. And, yeah, this is cathartic for me. And I hope that it will be cathartic enough for you guys to, you know, maybe focus some journeys and I would love to continue this conversation um social media on um Facebook is Reggie's underscore expressions same thing for um Instagram um and you can also you know have a conversation with me uh, leave comments on Anchor and uh Apple all those things those are greatly appreciated right and uh, if you feel like there are some things that I missed out on it, yeah, add to the convo. Let me know what you think. But at this point in time, guys, it's 2.14, and I've been sipping on this ginger ale and eating chips. I need to get some real food, all right? So you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions, and I'll be back next week. All right, guys. Peace.